0: everybody, this is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV. I want to welcome you to podcast episode number 31. Today's discussion is going to be about RV water heaters and basic maintenance. And the two water heaters I'm going to focus on are Atwood and Suburban, the two major brands. And basic maintenance, we're not going to deep repairs, just how to maintain them. Uh, pretty much prepping them for winterizing. If you have unpleasant odors, replacing the anode rod, the pressure relief valve some of the various little things that need to be done two, three times a year, maybe more depending on where you're at, maybe less. But before I get into that, I want to let you know that All the episodes I'm doing, when possible, I'm going to gather as much information as I can and put it on Arizona RV Parts Center. Like today's episode, when it's complete, on Radio Arizona RV, there'll be a link for either Atwood or Suburban Water Heaters, depending on which one you have. And then you can click on that link, and it'll take you to Arizona RV Parts Center, which is our website, and it'll break down all the information in detail greater detail like atwood rv water heaters and suburban they they, even though they're very similar they do have some maintenance things that do vary a little bit and so you can see that read it you can print it share it with others but i'm trying to create a website where everything i talk about will be available on arizona rv parts center it will become a one-stop place For you to get the information you need. You're not gonna have to scour the internet. And now this is gonna take time. So I'm starting with water heaters, pretty basic. And I'm just gonna continue on and keep adding more information and basically make Arizona RV Parts Center not a place where you can buy parts and accessories, but also where you can gain and gather the information you need to maintain the various aspects of your RV, whether it's water heaters, furnaces, whatever it might be. So that's just to let you know what my plan is and I'm doing this, you know, it, it's it's a benefit to you. I know when I go to look things up sometimes it's you know you go to website after website and you don't really find what you're looking for, so I'm trying to undo that. Create the website where all the information's there that you need to maintain your RV or or a part of it. So now again, this is Eric with Radio Arizona RV, episode number 31, and you can check it out at radioarizonarv.com. And as always, I like to keep these podcasts short and sweet. I've said it before, I go to the internet, listen to YouTube videos, or watch them, I should say, or listen to podcasts, or whatever it might be. And sometimes it takes 10 minutes just to get into the point of what we are listening for or watching for. So I try to avoid that and just get right to it. So as I said, Atwood and our Suburban RV water heaters are going to be the topic today and basic maintenance and you know this is um something that you need to do at least once a year but depending on where you camp where you go where your travels take you you might have to do it two or three times a year depending on the quality of the water what's going on where you're at like here in arizona an anode rod might last one season so people who camp here in arizona They uh, might replace an anode rod two times while they're here. Maybe when they get here, maybe when they leave. If they leave the RV here over the summertime, they're definitely going to have to replace it when they get back. If they don't drain the water heater, if they don't follow some basic, you know, maintenance standards. And Atwood and Suburban are very similar. You know, they're two different water heaters. Suburban has a glass line tank where Atwood has an aluminum tank and they say their aluminum tank is a very quality aluminum tank. And I can't disagree with that. Both water heaters are good water heaters. Does one have more problems than the other? Probably not. They're very similar in quality. And typically, if your RV comes with an Atwood water heater or a Suburban, that's the water heater you're going to stick with. They do make kits where you can put one in the other, but I would just stick with what you have. If you have an Atwood, stay with Atwood. If you have a Suburban, stay with Suburban. They last almost the same time. They have similar problems, but they both are good water heaters. Both have been around the industry for decades. So getting into this now... You know, you have to drain the tank on the water heater. You know, like I said, it depends on how often you use it, where the where you're using it at, the different qualities of water. But if you just use your RV during the summertime, you're going to want to drain that tank at the end of summertime and flush it out and leave no water in it, and leave it at that. And if you live in a place where it freezes, then you're going to want to do winterizing steps, which that's kind of another subject here, but at least draining the tank. And if it has a bypass valve on it, turn the bypass valve so it does bypass the water heater, then the water heater at that point would be winterized. The rest of the RV is a different story, but the the water heater would be. And either water heater you drain out as much as you water you can and whatever's left in if it does freeze is not going to hurt anything because you're talking about a small amount of water that even if it expanded it's never going to harm the tank because it just can't expand that much now one thing that comes up quite often here in arizona is unpleasant odors now this can be attributed to a water source it could be attributed to Problems going on in the tank. Suburban and Atwood both have kind of a different take on it. Um, Suburban says it's not the, the hot water system that's the problem. It's the water supply. Where Atwood is more of it might be a problem in the tank because of a chemical reaction. And so then they're basically saying the problem's in the tank. But one thing you want to make sure, though, of is if you have an unpleasant odor in your water heater or hot water system. Make sure or check with your neighbors to see if they're having the same problem. Isolate it. Is it the park you're staying at? Is it the source of the water? Are you using the fresh water out of the fresh water tank of your RV? So isolate it. You know, see what the source is. If everybody around you has the same problem, then it's probably not going to go away because it's the source of the water. And as long as you're hooked up to that source, you're going to have that problem. But if it's not the source, then it would be in the water heater or in the water system of the RV. Now, both Atwood and Suburban have techniques for doing this. So Atwood likes to use white vinegar. That's what they recommend, where Suburban recommends using Uh, chlorine bleach and atwood wants it to sit in the tank suburban wants you to run it through the entire rv so depending on which water heater you have you're going to have to do it a certain way now on our website at arizona rv parts center i have the instruction for doing it atwood's way or suburban's way so rather than going through this is probably going to be too much to talk about but if you read it and if you step by step and especially if you have this problem Then you can just go out to the RV and read this, maybe put it on your tablet or something. But nonetheless, you can uh, follow the steps, you know, step by step and do it properly. And neither one of them is really that hard to do. But if you have that bad taste in the water, then you definitely want to get rid of the taste, follow the steps, whether it's Suburban or Atwood. Now, another common problem we have, well, let me back up for a minute too. If you're out camping, you should have a water filter system of some sort. So a pretty common one is two canisters with two filters. One of the the first filter is a sediment filter, and the other one is a filter that's going to filter out chlorine, algae, different types of uh, bacteria that can get into the RV or into the water system itself. Remember, fresh water goes into the water heater. It starts out cold. So whatever you filter going in is going to make much better quality water, even for the water heater, the hot side. And water filters are pretty inexpensive to replace after you buy the canister or the system you're going to use but i would definitely recommend that no matter what no matter where you rv having a water filter system can be very beneficial so now back to another question people ask is the the anode rods how often do they get replaced why do they go bad what's the point of them well the anode rod is comes standard with suburban water heaters they recommend it, they sell it in the water heater, whereas Atwood does not sell their water heater with an, an with an anode rod. In fact, Atwood does not even make an anode rod for their water heater. They say you do not need one. Now, many people that have Atwood water heaters do buy aftermarket anode rods and they feel that it's worth it. And if you only have to replace it once or twice a year, you're not talking about a lot of dollars. And if it were to extend the life of the water heater or improve upon the performance of it, maybe even uh, the sediment and the amount of things that are in the tank, then it's worthwhile. We sell them at our store. I don't dissuade anybody from buying one. If they want it, that's fine. I don't see the harm in it. And I don't feel they're necessarily throwing their money away if someone were to buy one. But as I said, Atwood does not come with anode rods and they do not recommend it. If it's a new water heater and it's under warranty, you wouldn't want to put an anode rod in. But now Suburban, on the other hand, they do come with them. And Suburban recommends rechecking it or replacing it at least once a year. To me, if you're going to go through the trouble of taking it out, maybe it's the end of the season, it's just time to replace it. You're looking at $15, $16. It's not a real expensive item. So it's you have the water system apart. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. At the end of the season, if you were to drain the water, the water heater, you might... Uh, you might want to just put the old plug back into the old anode rod, and then at the new season, put in the new anode rod. That's going to be up to you. As long as there's not water in the tank, the anode rod won't start decaying or or its life won't start if you will. But either way, ever how you want to do that, it's up to you. So anyway, the anode rod is basically food. Anything that's in the water heater that's going to want to attack the tank will go to the anode rod first it's a source of food for various bacteria and things that end up corroding tanks and is a good food source but as but as it gets eaten in the water or the anode rod dissolves it's gonna you know scale off and fall to the bottom of the tank and that's where flushing the tank from time to time becomes so important but also with the anode rods i don't want to get ahead of myself here Atwood, or excuse me, Suburbans come with magnesium anode rods. They do sell an aluminum one, and most experts, if you will, do not think you should use an aluminum anode rod. We do sell them. They are supposed to help with odor control if you're having a problem, but the aluminum anode rods can create problems all of their own. They have a tendency to expand, and they they come apart in chunks. They kind of fall off, you know, the, it'll chunks will fall off into the tank then you have aluminum in your water tank which really isn't good and eventually that will get into the water system of your rv and you will be drinking aluminum or using aluminum based water and everybody knows or all the experts say that aluminum is very bad for the human body and if it or if it expands and you need to take it out for any reason the anode rod might actually become too big to remove from the water heater and I've experienced that. Our customers have. They they don't understand why they can't get it out. Well, that's why it expanded and became too big to get out. And so if there's no way to force it out or break it out, you're going to have to just let it run its course until it dissolves and becomes small enough to get out. So with that being said, I think I would stick with magnesium water or anode rods and maybe flush the water system more often if you get if you frequently get bad odors, but nonetheless, check the anode rod. Like I said, out here in our area in Arizona, the Yuma area, anode rods, you might replace two of them in a season while you're here if you come down here. So that's uh, two in six months. It might be more. just depends on where you're at. Even here, the water varies quite a bit. So the anode rods are an important part of a suburban water heater system. Atwood doesn't recommend them, although you can put one in and they are available and most RV stores sell them. We certainly do. And it's something we always keep in stock and we keep a lot of them in stock. Now, another thing that people have problems with or RVers have problems with are, are the pressure relief valves, the temperature pressure relief valve every water heater has one you know whether it's in your home or your rv this is standard on any water heater but in rvs sometimes they have a tendency to drip and that dripping doesn't go away with a new one in most cases so a customer might come into the store buy a pressure relief valve and not saying to any of us that it's dripping they just say i need a new one and if we're not sharp and we don't ask they go out the store buy it and then maybe in a week they come back the new one's dripping well it might not be the pressure relief valve it could actually be a just a basic system or a basic um, change in the water heater and on the, and on our website, Suburban has a way of dealing with it and so does Atwood. So they basically though they have an air gap at the top of the tank so the water or the pressure relief valve won't weep or drip and if you read the website it makes more sense but basically there's steps to re- to restore this air gap at the top of the tank cuz that's typically where the pressure relief valves are cuz that's where the pressure would build up so this air gap is is a necessity to keep the pressure relief valve from dripping and Atwood and Suburban both have their own ways of doing this. They're a little bit different, so I'm not going to describe them both. That would just probably become a little more confusing. But the pressure relief valve, um, if it is bad and it's leaking, you know, and it's not just a air gap thing, and the air gap issue probably is not as common as just a bad pressure relief valve. When it's dripping or, you know, water's running out of it, it just will not hold water and it's running out and you have to replace it. Keep in mind there's a special tool for doing that. Um, most RV stores sell them, some might loan them out. We typically loan our tool out, but if someone wants to buy it, and that's what I recommend, not to make a profit on it, but you know, if you buy it, you own it, and no matter where you're at, Anywhere in the country, if you need to replace it, you can, you know, the pressure relief valve. You don't have to hunt down a tool. You don't have to worry about borrowing one. You're talking between 15 and $18, depending on where you're at, or 15 and 20, maybe a little bit more. But we sell ours a little bit cheaper just to inspire people to buy them so they have it in their RV. If you own an RV, you have to become a do-it-yourselfer at some level, and you have to acquire some tools. And most RVers carry a certain amount of tools, but some of these specialty tools, to me, are a must-have. You know, the tool for replacing the pressure-temperature relief valve. You know, if you spent twenty bucks, it's well worth it because you're going to have to use it again. And if you have a neighbor in the park or a friend who needs to. Replace their valve. You can loan them the tool if they don't want to buy one of their own. So it's pretty handy. It's nice to have. And replacing that is pretty simple. Just remember the one thing that's most important is to relieve the pressure on it, to open the faucets inside the RV and open up the lever on the pressure relief valve itself. Because if you unscrew that thing, or it, and that would be even with replacing an anode rod or drain plugs, always relieve the pressure in the water tank. Even if you, the tank's been sitting for months, relieve the pressure. Otherwise, you're going to have a big surprise if you unscrew anything from the water heater. It's going to blow out at you real fast, and you're going to get a gook and sediment and junk all over you, possibly in your eyes. It can um, actually be pretty dangerous. So, Relieve the pressure. It's a must-do operation, part of the maintenance. So we talked about the unpleasant odors, the anode rods, the pressure relief valves. You know, draining a water heater is pretty simple. On um, you know, a suburban, you're gonna pull out the anode rod. On an Atwood, you're gonna uh, remove one of the drain plugs, or not one of the drain plug. They're sold in packs of twos, and I always associate two with it. But they just sell one, or it just comes with one drain plug. It's a plastic drain plug. And stick with plastic. Yes, plastic is cheap. We know that. But if you put metal in there, brass, steel, it can create other problems with the aluminum tank. So if you have a Natwood water heater, always keep a couple drain valves on hand in case you go to remove it and it breaks, cracks, cracks or it's just getting old. You haven't taken out a while, or maybe you bought a used RV. You go to take it out and it just snaps off. Well, they're pretty easy to get out if that does happen because they are plastic. So you don't have to buy a new RV. And I would definitely keep some drain valves on hand. atwood Salesman packs it too. And that's how we sell them. They're cheap enough, maybe $5 for two. So you always have a spare. And that way, when you drain the tank, it's, you, you can just do that. You have the extra drain plug and you're done. So Atwoods, you use the drain plug to drain the tank. Suburbans, you would pull out the anode rod to drain the tank. So that's pretty straightforward. Remember, whenever you put anything back in to put on Teflon tape on it, so it has a nice watertight seal. You know, most RVers, I would say most of my customers always ask about that. They're they're pretty conscious of it. So I'd imagine that everybody's listening to the podcast is the same way. I think it's common knowledge that, you know, most water fittings need to have Teflon tape put on them. And that's a good thing. Keep those leaks from happening, especially after you've done some maintenance. And also flushing the tank is another important thing. Now, there are flushing tools available. We sell one naturally. It's on our website. Flushing the tank is more than just running some water through it because when you pull out the anode rod or the drain valve, you're going to get a lot of junk out of the tank. And you want to keep it out, or I shouldn't say you want to keep it out. You want to flush out as much as you can sometimes it's hard to get everything out and you have to use a lot of water sometimes just keep flushing it but the flusher we sell has a long um, narrow tip on it so you can get it right in the tank you can spray the tank top bottom sides and you know get as much of that junk out as you possibly can and the buildup's natural it's not um, anything to be concerned about it's always going to be there and it depends on the water as well what kind of water you're using or I should say where you're at you know here the water gets a little more build up than maybe You know in the pacific northwest the water is better quality you know well water versus city water there's some variables you know sometimes well water can be really bad and sometimes it can be okay just depends on the well itself and where it's located but you know flushing it out is a must do and having the tool makes it easier um You know, it's not real expensive. When you start buying some of these things and building a little toolkit for your RV for maintaining it, you know, the annual maintenance or the semi-annual maintenance, you're not going to have a fortune wrapped up in it. Um, We spend a lot more on less important things in our life and our daily lives and, you know, the important things sometimes. And if you're an RVer, like I said, you need to become a do-it-yourselfer at some level. There's no point in paying technicians to do this kind of stuff. It helps grow your knowledge base and you become better at this. You save yourself money, but also you become more in tune with your RV. And that's important. So you can repair your RV because if you start doing the maintenance on your RV, you can probably start doing the repairs on some of the components like a water heater. You know, that'll be a future podcast, you know, some of the repair steps for diagnosing problems on a water heater you know sometimes it's always best to call a technician but if one's not available or you're constrained by a budget then maybe you have to do it yourself but don't throw money away and we'll get into that like i said in a future episode but my point is what you learn about maintaining a water heater, just regular maintenance, furthers your knowledge. You become familiar with the water heater. You're not afraid of it. It's not something you're going to stand back and be afraid to touch or get in and look at. It becomes something that you're comfortable with. So I hope that helps everybody. And like I said, the there's more to all of this. Um, like on the on our website, Suburban, there's some questions that people ask. And, you know, one common question is, can I operate my water heater electric element and the gas burner at the same time yes you can and that's a question that's answered and other ones you know can i run my water heater when there's no water in it the answer is no but there's many more the answers are there and i have more detailed information on the website than i could possibly convey here like i said i like to get to the point and i think the point was made on all the on on all the several things we talked about I hope you appreciate this and I hope it's of value and share it with others if you feel it's worthwhile and please if you have questions about your RV maintaining it you can always call me at 800-789-5588 during Arizona RV's regular business hours Monday through Friday or you can send me an email or use the contact us link on radioarizonarv.com that's our podcast website and I do appreciate everybody listening and forwarding this. I Get a lot of encouraging comments from the listeners and i do appreciate that some have come by the store to just let me know how much they appreciate it and asked a few more questions so it's 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 fun doing this and it certainly seems like i'm benefiting some others out there because i truly believe in the do it doing it yourself there's great advantages to it because i am a do-it-yourselfer in the truest sense my wife certainly appreciates it we save a ton of money and our life is a little more problem-free because we don't have to wait for a service tax or wait for stores to open because I can just dive in and take care of most things. I want to thank you one more time, and again, check out the podcast at Radio Arizona RV, and this is Eric Stark with episode number 31, Maintaining Suburban and Atwood Water Heaters.